Thanks for joining the Life's Better podcast. In this month's episode, we're going to be talking about how we can be successful Christians. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and maybe even more importantly than that, uh, we're going like to be talking about... Yeah, that's, okay, the, cool, cool. that's the key. Uh, <laughs> we're going to be talking actually specifically about how you can not only be a successful Christian, but some of the things to uh, make sure that you're achieving it. Mm. Um, and, and so mm-hmm. we're going to look at what success is, but then how, how can you actually achieve that success? Yeah. Uh, and in part, this uh, topic has come because I was listening to someone's really incredible story, and they were talking about how when they were younger, um, this, this guy and his friends, they had really three main goals in life. And the first goal was to make it big in Hollywood. Okay. Pretty big goal, right? Okay. Lofty, a lot of people probably have it. Uh, the second was to find true love. Probably even okay. more people have that goal. Mm-hmm. Definitely. And, and then the third was to have incredible life experiences, <laughs> which is very vague, very yeah, general, yeah, yeah. but uh, one that I think probably a lot of people have. Yeah. And he, as he uh, you know, was moving towards those goals, he really kind of achieved most of them, mm-hmm. uh, at least in some degree. Did he ever get his star on you know, Hollywood Boulevard? No, but he ran with the stars. And uh, he was known by many famous people and he, for his own, you know, success uh, in most people's eyes, yeah, you know, you're successful and relatively famous, you know. Okay. Uh, and and then when it came to finding true love, he says, yeah, actually, he found it. He found it five times. He find, found <laughs> love five times. Mm. And then the, you know, there was okay. always the breakup and the heartache that the breakup came mm. uh, or caused. And then when it came to life experiences, I, you know, when it came to at least a worldly perspective, I mean, he was like glitz and glamour, you mm. know. Uh, whether it was L.A., New York, Europe, you know, just traveling all over the place. Um, but it was actually at a party in Paris where he's surrounded by famous people celebrating who knows what art exhibit. Mm. Uh, he's sipping champagne and he realizes, gosh, is this, is this like, is oh, this it? Man. Is this it? Yeah. And, and there was just a sense of loss um, and I think as we look at his goals, mm. you know, I don't, I don't think any of, of them are overtly like wrong. It's like, yeah. it's not wrong to make it big in Hollywood. It's not wrong to try to find true love. It's not wrong to have, you know, a pursuit of, uh, you know, neat experiences in life. But if that's what you make your yeah. entire life, there's something missing, particularly for Christians. Yeah. Um, when we think of our purpose and what it, what it looks like to have a successful Christian life, I think so much of that comes down to, well, the words of Jesus and the great commandment and the great commission. Yeah. Just that idea of, well, success looks like loving God with all of yourself, loving people as he's loved you. And it looks like leading people into that same freedom and grace that you've experienced in Jesus. Uh, I heard one um, pastor kind of try to sum up what that looks like. And I like how he said it. it. It's just like a little one sentence. And it looks like successfully serving Jesus over a lifetime. Mm. Successfully serving Jesus over a lifetime. That, that's what a successful Christian life looks like. Yeah. And, and so we're going to talk about, well, how? How can we serve Jesus over a lifetime? Yeah. And we're going to look at just a few ways that we would encourage you to kind of process it and move towards that. Uh, this month, and then the next couple of months, we're actually going to look at uh, a few more of those ideas. So this is going to be kind of a little bit of series that we're going to be in. But before we get into that, since we're talking about goals and success and cool experiences, we're going to do a segment entitled Bucket List. Yeah. Now, most people at this point, when you hear the phrase bucket list, I think most people know, these are the things you want to accomplish before you kick the bucket. Yeah. Yep. Have so, you seen the movie? Morgan I have Freeman? not. I oh, have okay. not. I've heard good things about it. Yeah. I, I liked it. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. It was a story. Yeah. There, there was an MTV um, uh, show about that same time that that movie came out, maybe a little bit after. Mm. 
uh, called, uh, it was something, it, they, they took the idea of a bucket list, but they changed it to um, a different title. It was the same thing, okay. but okay. they actually accomplished, like the, the, the same it. goal. It was like, hey, this is what we're doing. We're getting together and we're knocking one of these things off our to-do list. Mm. And it was actually really cool. I don't know if the Morgan Freeman movie was as engaging as that show. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> same concept, yeah. but maybe, you Old know. guys trying to accomplish things right As opposed to like yeah, yeah, yeah. random teens, mm. you know, doing goofy mm-hmm. stuff. But anyway, so what Josh and I both have done is we've come up with uh, three bucket list items that we've actually accomplished already. Maybe we've had it on our list for a while, but we've accomplished. And then we're going to talk about three that are still on our list that we would like to accomplish. Mm. You want to go first with the, uh, what have you accomplished? What one have I them. accomplished? At least okay. one. one. One of them. Um, so this one was one that I had when I was young, and I still do. Like, I, like it's one of those, that, like, it's an ongoing one, but I've definitely accomplished parts of it. And it's uh, to learn instruments. Yeah. And so, uh, yeah, I uh, started with ukulele when I, when I, actually it started with guitar and I failed. And it was one of those, I was like, I'm never going to try this again. I'm so bad at it. I, I, I stink. And then a buddy showed me how like easy the ukulele is to learn. And I fell in love with that. And then that was a really easy, like, um, with more practice going from the ukulele to guitar was a lot easier than just trying sure. to pick up the guitar. Yeah. And uh, that has leaned into like even uh, lately I've been trying to learn that mandolin, which I've played on Sunday a few Sundays ago and really enjoyed doing that. But uh, yeah, no, it, How many altogether? I know you haven't mastered mm-hmm. necessarily all of them, but you feel like if someone handed it to you, you could at least jam a little bit. Mm. How many instruments? More than ten? Six. 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 Okay. Six. Six. Six I could confidently play on Sunday. Yeah. Two I feel like I, I say I'm proficient in, which yeah, is yeah. the ukulele and guitar. So. Yeah. No, that's yeah. cool. All right, well, one of the things on my bucket list was actually to marry a girl who was both beautiful outside and in Aww. and who loved God. I thought it was God. just going to be like one, I just want to <laughs> no. marry a girl. <laughs> no, who loved God, who loved God and would love me. And Aww. certainly I've accomplished that. I shouldn't say I accomplished, accomplished it. God has given me that gift mm. in Dana for sure. Yeah, yeah, I, I, that's sweet. Uh, <laughs> my my more serious one, uh, it, and I'm sorry, Emily, I did not put you on my list. I should have. Oh, uh, but uh, when I was young, uh, seeing, and even when I was in college, studying to do like mission work and and work uh, uh, with the churches and stuff, um, I in the back of my mind, I was like, full time ministry is just like a like end of life goal like if I get out of college I'll I'll serve somewhere but there's no way that's going to happen immediately um, and God opened that door pretty yeah. quickly and so full-time ministry is one of my was one of my bucket list items and it's just one of those things that even when like it's hard and we, we can talk sure. about this later but like sure. even when this ministry is hard I look back on but this is what I was striving for this yeah. is what I really wanted and um, how cool is it that I get to yeah. do that? So, yeah, bucket list item, full-time ministry. That's good. Uh, one of my bucket list items, uh, all the way back till maybe late middle school, very early high school, was to road trip the United States. Mm. And not just a, hey, you know, let's head from one you know, side to the next in like five days, but like take weeks, if not months, to do it. And I've been able to do that not just once, but twice. So, yeah. uh, love, love. Once with your experience. family, like as a whole, well, for the most part. The first one was my wife and Owen and mm-hmm. I, and then the rest, uh, the, the, la- the last one was, well, with 
is it a court or a one uh, three fourths of the the family uh, now yeah. at this point because two weren't born. Mi minus Parker yeah. and minus Sierra. Yeah. 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 Well, uh, now you got a third one. You got a plan for them too. <laughs> I know it. <laughs> Unless you're planning on having more kids, maybe you should wait. Yeah. Yeah. Until... We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> All right. The the last one for have uh, accomplished and. This one is also an ongoing one because you lose it and then you have to gain it back. But I, I'm, I have Duolingo on my phone and it's, uh, it's learn a foreign language. And so some people might not know this, but like when I was in college, I had a Spanish minor. Um, and also when I was dating Emily, uh, she, like her like huge passion for Spanish. She has a master's in, in teaching English as a second language to Spanish speakers. and a master's in Spanish, like all of that stuff. So she's really good at it. Um, and it was really like just one of those goals that uh, I want to get to the point where I feel very comfortable speaking in a foreign language to somebody else um, and will have that confidence to like actually bring it out. Now, do I, am I as confident in it as I am in English? Absolutely not. So um, but, do you at your house ever just like, mm, hey, we're not going to speak English today. So we're just going to rock the Spanish. That. We used to, okay. and that, that's the thing. It's like we, I, when we were we were dating, even we would have uh, only Spanish date nights yeah. where we would we would only be allowed to speak <laughs> in Spanish, um, and like it was just a, a really big learning experience for me. Um, but again, when you're out of practice, yeah, yeah. It, gets, it, it, it gets it, easy it, to kind of get lazy. Sure, but like every single day now, every single day for the last like few months, I've been doing like 10 to 15 minutes of Spanish language uh, yeah. practice and stuff. So I, I going to Honduras has humbled me again. And I'm like, oh, I gotta, I <laughs> gotta, gotta, I gotta relearn this. Uh, but it's funny how like even the stuff like that was really difficult that you learned a long time ago will stay in the back of your brain. That's and you're cool. like, oh, okay, yeah, 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 I remember this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's my third one. That's neat. All right, so third that I've accomplished uh, was actually to own a home. Mm. When I was in college, particularly living in San Jose, <laughs> California. Oh, I mean, just man. like a wicked expensive place to live. Mm. Just crazy. And I just felt like, I don't know if that's ever going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> and I didn't actually own a home in San Jose, but uh, I have been able to own a home. Mm. So it's like, oh, that's cool. That's man, cool. That, uh, you talk about um, something that is uh, like approachable for uh, Gen Xers and young millennials. Like one of my buddies who's the same age as me, he lives in Lexington and mm -hmm. has rented forever. And uh, he's had the hardest time finding a home mm. uh, to purchase. And uh, it, I, I think it was Forbes or somebody just put out a list of the 10 hardest places to find a home to live. And Lexington, what? Kentucky is number seven. I can't imagine that's because of price. Um, it is Inventory, maybe? It is, it is inventory yeah. and all of the, uh, like people buying multiple homes. Like okay. that is a huge problem sure. in Lexington sure. where they're turning them into apartments. Sure. So you just buy them because Lexington is growing constantly. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so people are buying investors, investors. Yeah. yeah. And so there's no that. homes for just like normal families. Yeah. That's hard. That's hard. Yeah. Well, there's always Louisville, I guess. Can, <laughs> yeah. You don't like Louisville. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So what are uh, some of the bucket list items that are still on the list and you have not gone? Yeah. Yet? So one of these, uh, I've had since knowing Emily, uh, and it's because she studied abroad and I did not get that chance. And, uh, it's always been, I want to go visit Europe. She talks about how cool it is. I want to knock that off my list. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Mine's similar to that. Uh, I'm, referring to this as 50 before 50. Mm. 
I read an article when, again, I was probably in high school um, in National Geographic about these people who, before they were 50 years old, they were able to visit all 50 states. And I was like, mm. that's cool. I could do that. And so I'm really close. I'm really close. I've got 49. I just need Alaska to accomplish it. So You can do it. I think it's so. It's cold. I think so. Emily's parents are going. You should just tell them to yeah. let you come along. <laughs> if they pay, if they pay, I might. I might do it. Just my family <laughs> hang out with your in-laws. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be really funny. Um, uh, next up for me is uh, a, like, I don't know if this will ever happen. I, so here's the thing. My bucket list items that I know, like, I really was like, I'm going to push and accomplish. I've accomplished yeah. most of them. Sure. I'm really bad at, like, coming up with, like, dream <laughs> ones that I really want to accomplish. New goals. These, these last two are, like, that'd be really cool. That'd be awesome. Uh, one of them is to open a restaurant. I love yeah. to cook. Emily loves to cook. And we've we've... Talked about how, like, one day when we both retire, it'd would be cool to both a of us food do. truck count? I think so. Okay, yeah. that's more doable. Then. That's true. That's true. You know, that's not as, yeah, I, as difficult. I think, in our, in my mind and in her mind, we're not trying to look at the logistics of this is like to make a bunch of money and become mm -hmm. really successful. But it's like uh, if we're retired. Gotcha. We want supplemental income. Sure. We want to serve people sure. like in this cool way. We both love cooking. We get to work together. We've never done that before. What would um, be the cuisine? We've. <laughs> it's a funny joke constantly. Every time we make anything tasty, like really tasty, this is it. This, this is going to go on the menu. <laughs> this is going to go on the menu. So it's a hodgepodge. Um, so it, it's a good mix of like soups and uh, like sandwiches, coffee, okay. like stuff. Not coffee. Uh, Burgers, like yeah. all, like stuff like that, like yeah. like a diner, yeah. a good little oh, diner. That's cool. I like it. Yeah. I like it. All right. So my, uh, yeah, my second, my second mm. is um, to actually see my kids grow up, um, get married, have children of their own, and to see them discipling their kids in good, Christ. Good one. Yeah. yeah, I think you'll be able to do that. I think, that, <laughs> I think that's a good one, uh, especially with the way you live, like healthy and stuff. Yeah, you'll you'll live long enough, hopefully. You never know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the alternative is you go home to Jesus, which is not a it's bad thing. It's not a bad thing, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, the only other one I have, uh -huh. and this was hard. Like, it took me forever to think of one. My last one's kind of lame. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Is um, I, I'm really into board games. I think it'd be really cool to uh, invent a board game. Do you have ideas? I do. I've, I've, had, I've thought about this for a little while. I think it's, this one is accomplishable if I just, like, put my mind to it. But, yeah. like... Again, it's not that high on the priority list. <laughs> yeah, you got to memorize Spanish again. That's, uh, <laughs> that's more important. So, yeah. Release. My my, uh, my last one is I've been able to visit four continents, and I'm, I'm pretty confident I will not be able to visit Antarctica. There's just so many restrictions <laughs> to, like, get down there. I don't know if you'd want it's, it's probably not, not going to happen. Maybe see some emperor penguins or something. I don't know. Uh, but I think knocking out South America and Australia are very doable, and mm. I'd, I'd like to go ahead and visit those Absolutely. I've actually never, that, I mean, coupled with the Arab one, uh, I've never left the North, North America. I know, so and it's be funny really because cool some people think that, like you know, Mexico, Honduras, Mexico, Honduras, it doesn't count. No, they're you, all North America. It's right, and, and most people, most people think anything that's not like English speaking. Like it, as soon as you like, cross that, in, uh, well, like I, I, it's weird. Like Mexico, in their mind, is North America, but everything below Mexico sure, is, sure. is not. I could see that. Um, that's Central America. Yeah, 
That's yeah. what they call it. They're yeah. like, it's a whole other continent. You're in it's Central like, America. It's no, like, no, that's no. not. Doesn't, doesn't count. <sighs> yeah. But at some point, especially with your Spanish-speaking ability, that, that's even more of You can of a... speak to at least half of the world if you know English and Spanish, yeah. is what I've been told. Well, Mandarin is supposedly the most spoken, but a lot of that just has to do with the fact that China is so populated. Mm -hmm. uh, so it's less about numbers of countries that speak it and more about the population, mm -hmm. but anyway. All right, well, that was a, a, hopefully a fun little rabbit trail for everybody. <laughs> um, maybe you're not impressed with our goal setting. Maybe you are. I, whether you are or not, we're going to be talking about that idea of mm -hmm. living that successful life, which is really focused on serving Jesus for a lifetime. And I mm -hmm. want to emphasize that idea of lifetime because I think so many of us, we... We, we encounter folks, we hear stories of people who may start off well mm -hmm. uh, when it came to their Christian faith, and yeah. for whatever reason, maybe uh, they just kind of burned out, or they drifted, or, you know, they just got old, and they wanted to live comfortably, and so it was like, you know what, uh, we'll pass off the kingdom work to the young people, and, <laughs> and now they're just kind of sitting on their sofa watching TV. Mm -hmm. And so I think in order to serve Jesus faithfully over a lifetime, we've got to have a strategy. And so yeah. we need, uh, we're, what we're going to do is we're going to talk about three, three things that need to be a part of your life in order to accomplish this. Now, uh, by the end of the series that we're going to be tackling the next couple of months, um, I'm sure the list is much, much longer, but uh, we're going to tackle three, what I believe are uh, very important mm -hmm. on, on that. Valuable. In or, yeah, in order to accomplish it. Uh, the first one is to pursue Jesus daily. So I think it's so important to pursue Jesus daily. Josh, when you're talking with students, I mean, do you ever, do you ever like turn to them and like, hey, you know what? Just wait for it, man. Just wait for <laughs> it. Like you're just going to fall into an intimate relationship with God. Mm, no. Never, because Never. we know it's not going to happen. Nope. And, and so just like we put certain things into our life so that we are living healthy in just kind of the everyday life, mm. uh, we need to make sure that like he's top of the list um, or at least, you know, pretty high on that list. <laughs> uh, what are some of the rhythms? What are some of the patterns? Not necessarily spiritual things yeah. that are just naturally high on your list to live a successful life. That would be weird. That would just be really weird not to have that as a pattern or rhythm mm. of your day. Can you think of anything? Mm, cooking. Yeah. Okay. Cooking. If I'm eating. just eating out all the time, like, or every time I see the M, like, pulling over and eating McDonald's. Let's just like, chow some fast food, yeah, I'm right? Not gonna, I'm not going to live a healthy life at all. Uh, working out, making sure I'm active. Um, you said not spiritual ones? <laughs> yeah, no. I, I, what Go I to work. do is like have that parallel of like, just like those yeah. things are just mm -hmm. like strategically smart to do, mm -hmm. it's just really a strategically smart thing to do to pursue Jesus daily. Now, Absolutely. someone may ask, like, what, was, what does that look like? Uh, so, some of the obvious ones are spending time in prayer, yeah. uh, beginning your day realizing it's actually not your day. Like, if you're a follower of Jesus, you're actually giving your life to Jesus. So yeah. it's a, where do you want me to go? What do you want me to say? What do you not want me to say? Uh, what kind of ministry are you wanting me to engage? Maybe not just at church, but at my work, uh, at my school. Who do you want me to have conversations with? And so it's that act of surrendering. And at the same time, you've got the basics, like read your Bible, uh, be engaged in worship, uh, go, you know, get brownie points by having prayer and fasting, right? Mm -hmm. These are things that we can do to pursue Jesus daily. And I think what's, sorry, go ahead. No, I, I was just going to couple that with, I, I think something that held me back from this for a really long time was me thinking that I had to do boring things mm. or me thinking that I had to do things that I didn't like. So like, I don't know, in my mind, there was just like one way to get close with Jesus and it was making sure I was 
like had a physical Bible. I was pouring through it and I was highlighting things and my Bible looked a certain way. Like, oh, if I handed you it, it's like, oh, wow, Josh. Look at Josh. Look at how many highlights he has. <laughs> but like, y- there's so many things that you can do. Like if, if something you enjoy, like if it's just, I don't know, listening to worship music that starts you on that path in the morning. Mm-hmm. Like anything is better than nothing. Right. <laughs> and so if it's if it's audiobooks, if it's listening to the Bible being read, if it's um, being in a group of people that you really, really enjoy and that those people discussing God yeah. uh, is is what helps. Like find something that you really like. If that's if you're not good at this at all, like find something that you enjoy and start that. Sure. Um, don't like I, I mean just like working out, like when I'm jumping in for the first time, I'm not gonna like do a stringent like one hour workout every day, uh, but I might get there. Yeah. It's just, I gotta start somewhere, you know? Yeah. I don't know if that's I agree. I think, I think where it gets tricky for a lot of people is mm. treating it like the, I'm checking the box. Mm-hmm. And when it gets to that point, you're missing the point. Yeah. And I think even as pastors, maybe you can uh, relate to this, Sometimes we can, you know, trade our, you know, profession for that personal time with, with mm. God. Yeah. I'm in my Bible because I'm preparing for this lesson. <laughs> uh, I, you know, I prayed. I prayed out loud at that event. And, you know, I pray for the, those people because they asked me right there in the moment to pray. Well, what does it look like on a regular basis really pursuing that relationship, seeking after him? Yeah. And I think this is where the Ephesians got in trouble, and this is why Jesus had to kind of call them out <laughs> in, uh, in Revelation. It says, hey, you've forsaken your first love. Mm. And sometimes we can get so caught up just in the routine yeah. that we actually forsake. Am I really pursuing Jesus with all my heart here? Um, when it comes to some of the rhythms that you had, it sounds like you mentioned a few. Uh, what are some of the things daily that allow you to really sense that, hey, I'm not just crossing something off my list, yeah. but I'm pursuing Jesus daily. Yeah, I, I, again, try, like it took finding something that I really liked. Um, and m- most of the time that looks like in the mornings, one of the very first things I do when I get up is I brush my teeth and get a, take a shower. It wakes me up, uh, gets me ready. I get my coffee, take my dog out. But while I'm doing that, like there's no sound in the house because Emily isn't there. And so uh, I have... Uh, either an audiobook or the Bible being read by somebody who isn't mm. boring. <laughs> um, and is it a dramatized version of the Bible? It's, it's like so, I don't like. The so dramatized this is actually version. this is actually why I've switched to the NLT in my phone huh. because the NIV is read on the Bible app by such a boring old man. Yeah. And I'm just like, ugh. Like, yeah. I'm, I'm not paying attention. Yeah. I'm thinking about other it's things. It's pretty bad. It's awful. <laughs> but NLT is tolerable. Okay, and I'll then most of the out. time, most of the time it's like a book by Francis Chan because their voices I'm just like drawn mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. Uh, or certain pastors that like I, I, I'm catching up on some of their sermons. And I'll notice like by the time I'm getting in my car, like even this morning, I was getting out of the car to come in and I was like, oh man, I got to pause you. I'm sorry. Like I got to go, I got to go into work. And like it, that wasn't happening before that when it came to just reading my Bible, like it felt more like a chore to get up and, mm-hmm. and to pull out my Bible and read because that's not what I wanted to do in the morning. I had to get all of these other things done. Um, but this was like, these are people I like listening to. They have really excellent things. Yeah. Like I'll have to pause and be like, oh, wow. Like that, I need to stop and I need to think about what they just said. And it's a great way to focus my mind uh, and my relationship with God and make it better. And yeah, yeah. that's me. I like that. I I definitely can get into the, hey, I just need to check the box. Mm. Uh, But for me, 
in the morning, having that time of focused prayer, journaling, mm. Bible reading, study, uh, even worship at times, and then and then leading my family to do the same mm. uh, is is really critical. So anyway, when it comes to you know successfully serving Jesus for a lifetime, you got to pursue him daily. Yeah. Second, Josh, you're going to cover this one. Yeah. What is the second aspect? So it kind of goes against a little bit what I was just sharing, but it, it's important. And it's embrace the pain because it's part of the process. Yeah. And this is the idea that um, it's going to be hard sometimes. And over a lifetime, there are going to be plenty of uh, doubts that will creep into your mind. There are going to be plenty of uh, moments of weakness that will uh, attack that endurance that you're trying to have. Um, there will be highs and there will be lows. Um, and specifically in those low moments, how you respond to them uh, can change the way you hold on to Jesus or mm -hmm. walk away from him. Um, and I've seen it time and time again where uh, it either will grow people because they embrace it and they, cho they choose to still have faith in God regardless. And it's this moment where they like they realize that less and less do they need all of these other things that they want they really only need Jesus, and that, that's a great testimony. Or it's a moment where they blame God, yeah. <laughs> and they choose to not do that, and they end up either not going back to the church that they were at because they blame God, or they end up walking away from the ministries that they were a part of, or um, all of these things that can have m not only repercussions on their life, but the repercussions on all of the lives around them. Um, and it's all because one of them embraced the pain, one of them did not. Mm -hmm. um, and so the verse that we uh, have for this one is Luke 9.23, which uh, I wrote, I, I, every time I try to quote verses on here, I get really nervous, so I'm just going to read it. Uh, but it says, um, and he said to them all, this is Jesus, if anyone wishes to come after me, he must deny himself, take up his cross daily, and follow me. Uh, as for uh, our lives, uh, Jonathan, I'm sure you can share plenty of times, but for me, this is really comforting um, in the way I remember, like, okay, I need to embrace the pain. I need to remember to be okay in those low moments because uh, that, that's when I could grow is because I see that in the Bible time and time again. That's what's pretty much promised to every single biblical hero we, mm. we read about. Um, none of them had only high moments. Mm. Um, plenty of them only things that you really read about and the times you see them grow and the times they're used by God are in their low moments. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm reminded, and it's it's a verse that like kind of changed my perspective on, on the way we should approach our Christian life and what we should expect, is the verse that's in Acts, I think, 4 or 5, and it's right before any Christians were getting murdered for their faith. Um, I mean, obviously Jesus did, but, but before they were putting to death all of them, um, they were arresting them, and they were beating them, and they were discouraging them. They were saying, never preach this again. Don't teach this again. It's only going to get worse. Um, and they would leave that, and instead of being really discouraged or sad or blaming God and being like, why would you call us to this life if this is what we can expect? Instead, they're rejoicing. The, I think the phrase is, they rejoiced because they were counted worthy to experience persecution or something mm -hmm. along those lines. And I, I'm, I just read that and I think, what? Yeah. <laughs> you praise God because you were counted worthy mm -hmm. to be persecuted. Yeah. And that's, that's crazy. But it's because they embraced that pain. They knew that God would grow their faith and use these moments for his glory. Yeah. And that's crazy. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. I, I think it's even just helpful to 
prepare yourself mm. for that pain that is probably going to come. It's like that athlete who realizes if I'm going to get to this level, yeah, I'm going to have to go through a lot of strenuous, strenuous work on my body where I'm going to want to quit. But hey, the reward, man, a faithful life of serving Jesus, uh, I'm, I'm going to do it. Yeah. And so I'm going to go in and push into it. I could not imagine how different my life would look if when things got hard with pursuing full-time ministry or pursuing learning an instrument, I just gave up. Yeah. You know? Like, look at my life now and how God uses those things. Sure. Like, it would have been... I, I would be a completely different person if I had, I had walked away from those things. I'm not, I'm not trying to pat myself on the back. <laughs> I'm just trying to say, like... I achieved my bucket list. You That's know? what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. it, it, it's... In those hard moments, you have a choice. Um, and the outcome of your life could drastically be changed based off of how you choose to approach this one. So. Yeah, yeah. All right, so number one, if we're going to live that successful life that is serving Jesus over a lifetime, you need to pursue Jesus daily. You need to... Embrace the pain. It's part of the process. And then third, I think it's so important for, particularly those of you who have families, uh, it's important for you to really help your family love the church, love the church. Mm-hmm. Um, Unfortunately, I talk to some folks, and as they even reflect on maybe the experience that they had growing up, there's a little bit of bitterness when mm-hmm. it comes to some some of their experience. I, I've heard things like, "Well, you know, my dad was always serving at church, and you know, he always was putting uh, other people's needs first, and I always came second." It's like, oh. Uh, there's people that will say things like, you know, as long as the doors of the church were open, you know, mom and dad were always there, but we always got the leftovers. And I'm reminded of a few of the things that I've heard, actually, um, a quote from Andy Stanley and then another pastor, Craig Rochelle. Um, Andy Stanley says, no one at home should feel like they are competing with someone at church, mm. which is good, uh, really just uh, uh, something that is a good reminder. And then Craig says, your family will never resent the church when they are getting the best of you. Mm. And in Ephesians chapter 1, um, the Apostle Paul refers to the church as the body of Christ. Yeah. And so I think, I think one of the things we have to understand is you know, the church has been instituted by God to continue Jesus' ministry. And so we, I don't know if it's possible, certainly very difficult to serve Jesus effectively and not be a part of a local church. And it's going to be really hard to continue to serve Jesus faithfully if your family hates the church. Mm -hmm. And so how can we get to a point where our family actually loves and enjoys the church? The way I say it is, you need to start making church life one of the best parts of life. Mm. Like going to the lake and being on the boat, well, that should be awesome for a family. But like church life should be one of the best parts of life. Mm. Shouldn't really compete with playing video games at home. Uh, And how do we do that? I think we have to understand that not every church is going to be a great fit for your family. And and so you've got to look for one that is going to be a good fit for you and what Jesus is calling you to. Uh, Part of that, I think, is making sure that there's going to be relationships encouraging relationships, not just for you, but for your kids and for your spouse. Uh, At the same time, I think one of the important aspects would be solid biblical teaching uh, that engages and at the same time leads to life change for adults, you know, teens, Mm. as well as kids. It's got to run the spectrum. Uh, Worship is probably needs to be high on the list as well. If, uh, If you're entering the space of 
I am. I'm just falling more in love with God here, and so are my family. That's that's going to be something that you know your kids are going to fall in love with. Mm. I think it's also important maybe to set your kids up, uh, maybe even your spouse uh, from time to time with the the reasons why you're a part of a yeah. church. Yeah. Because there will be times that sitting on the couch playing video games is going to sound way cooler to your kids, and it's going to be like, hey, let's go to church. What? Why? I don't want to. Well, that's when, that's when you need to do a little bit of work ahead of time to mm-hmm. say, hey, why are we a part of the church? Well, Jesus is the hope of the world, and the church is the body of Christ, Jesus' body, and there are people who need that hope in their life, and we want to be a part of it. And so we're going to keep our eyes not on temporary things, video games, you're not going to care about that level next week, let alone next year or eternity. Mm. But when it comes to saving souls for eternity, you're going to care about it. So, hey, let's get off the couch and let's, <laughs> let's get into church where we can really love Jesus. Uh, what were some of the things that, mm. as you grew up, that your parents did that helped you kind of fall in love with the church? Okay, so there's a balance. Because uh, my immediate thought was to say um, something that actually has helped Emily and I's marriage because... I, I mean, there were, there were times where she would vocalize very early when I was taking, I took this job that I was putting the church first and she felt like she was getting the scraps. And that was a tough conversation to have because mm-hmm. I was immediately just like, this is what I, like, you know, I feel called to do. Like, yeah. that, what are you talking about? Like, type of thing. And I got defensive, but uh, I, I realized that um, I, I kind of just assumed that she was, 100% okay with everything I would say yes to mm-hmm. um, and that my job was her job and so like you know and, and that's not true like she's a member of the church as much as anybody else and right. so um, instead of just naturally volunteering her with me to do things <laughs> it became a what do you like what yeah. do you want to pursue here and that actually opened the door to even her helping with the worship ministry mm-hmm. that wasn't something that I had pulled her into or if it was, it was just an expect- expectation, but a what songs do you like to sing? Mm. Like, uh, what what about youth ministry do you like? Do you want to do this thing or that thing? And, and and having her, like, just be like any other volunteer, like, that was really helpful, I think, for her to, like, feel like this is hers as much as it is mine. It's not just she's my wife and it's my <laughs> ministry. It's her ministry and my ministry. And sometimes those mix and sometimes they don't. Yeah. Um, but growing up, I... There's a there's a there's a point, and as a parent, I want to know your thought on this. Sure. Um, where sometimes it was about Josh, what do you like to do? Mm-hmm. Um, but other times it was like, no, we're going, and you're going to youth, even if you want to stay home. Yeah. Um, don't make excuses. Like this is a part. This is what we do. Yeah. Um, so where is the line for you as a parent? Uh, because I would, I would tell, I, I've told parents this, that I think if your kid doesn't want to go, push them. Because yeah. this is the only time in their life yeah. that you're going to be able to do that. Yeah. The moment that they're 18, they can make that choice. But w- let us work on, and you work on them with it, um, helping them fall in love with it. But until they fall in love with it, they're not going to want to go, and so they need that push. Yeah. I don't know. What I that would, line is. <laughs> I, I, would, I would totally agree with your your premise there. I, I can't think of too mm. many good but challenging things that I have done in my life mm. without needing a push from somebody mm. at some point. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, it's just hard. Like It doesn't matter what the list is. If it was a challenge, I, I needed a little bit of a mm-hmm. shove. And when it comes to being a part of 
a church, sometimes there's going to be challenges. Well, I, I love that you brought up the, the serving together with Emily. Mm. Um, one of the things that I think allows you to fall in love with the church as a family is actually finding areas to serve together in mm. that you both do enjoy. And there may be times where there's an event and it's just as simple as, hey, they need some chairs put up and they need some tables put up. And I know that's not really the coolest thing, but we're going to make it cool because we're going to be doing it together. And ultimately, we're seeing the impact because the gospel message is going to be shared at that uh, uh, that event. And, and we actually helped mm. you know, with that message being spread. And so just always having that eternal mindset yeah. too is just like a quick like hey let's 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 check our motives guys uh you know who we are as a family we're, we're followers of jesus and so we're going to follow jesus even if it means picking up our cross right now yeah and even, even though it's difficult i think my parents did this really really well because uh and something i'm going to say I, I hope steps on people's toes is uh <laughs> they would go even when i saw them tired and not mm. want to go mm. um and they would follow through with promises of their time that they, I would see them tired sure. or come home from work and have barely any time to eat. And it's like, no, 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 we got to get there because this is what we've, and then not only do that, but do that without complaining. Mm. Um, and like to see my dad be excited in ministry, even when I knew like He's moments tired. later he was he was ready to take a nap yeah. and like it was a struggle to get off the couch. Like let your kids see that it's a priority to you mm. um, and that you care enough and not complain on the way home and not complain on the way there because they pick up all those things. They, if they see you not make it a priority, they won't make it a priority. Yeah. If they see you constantly complain about it, they're going to constantly complain about it. Yeah. And so make it a priority and make it something that you find joy in. Um, and I think kids will see that and just pick it up. Yeah. All right. So if we want to successfully serve Jesus over a lifetime, guys, start with making Jesus a priority every single day. Mm. Make sure you're embracing the pain because the pain is a part of the process. And teach yourself and lead your family to love the church. Until next time, enjoy knowing that life is so much better with God, community, and purpose. Bye.